And we used to have this vague message, you know, your license key isn't valid for this domain. And what that would cause people to do is to come into support and say, I'm getting this message. And then we'd say, oh, you need to go to your account and type, you know, put in this domain. And, and um, So we changed that in the software. And now we basically tell them when they get that message, it says you need to log into your account and you need to add the domain that they're currently on into their account. And so we never, ever see the, the support request again. Um, and it also means that people aren't waiting for us to get back to them to tell them something which they could solve themselves. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Support Ops Podcast. It's a show devoted entirely to helping you be a customer support pro. Check out the blog at supportops.co. Follow along on Twitter. The handle's at supportops there. I'm your host, Chase Clements. Big thanks to our awesome partner, Snappy. If you're in the market for a support app, this is the one you want to try out. It's really easy to use, and more importantly, it lets you focus on helping customers rather than trying to figure out a brand new app. Go check them out, supportops.co forward slash snappy. This is episode number 24 with Rachel Andrew. I'm so excited to have her on this one. She's a web developer, a writer, a public speaker, pretty much a jack of all trades. So Rachel, welcome to the show. Hi, it's great to be here. So for the uh, the the few people in the audience that hasn't heard of you yet. Give us a little background on who you are and, and what you do. Okay, yes, yeah, so I'm Rich Andrew. Um, I have a very strange backstory in that I'm an ex-dancer and theatre technician turned web developer. And I started my own company, edgeofmyseat.com, in 2001, really as a kind of consultancy business um, doing web development. And about six years ago, uh, my husband Drew joined the company, so there's the two of us. And we were carrying, we did services. And then about four years ago, we launched a product, which is a small CMS called Perch. And really, we sort of over the last four years, we've moved away from doing the client work uh, to just working on Perch. So that's really all we do now is, is support that product and, and develop it. So you're an incredibly small team, like you mentioned, just you and your husband. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to to perch specifically since that's that's your big product uh, can you give us some su- some numbers on how many support requests you see each day with it yeah so on a regular day i mean it, d- it does depend what we've been doing if we've just launched something new or what have you and the thing with perch is it is self-hosted so people mm-hmm. download it and install it so an awful lot of our support actually hasn't really got anything to do with us um <laughs> that's <laughs> it, always the fun ones yes yeah so a, a lot of our support is due to the baffling and terrible ways that PHP can be configured uh, on shared hosting. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's not a lot now that we don't know about the terrible ways to configure PHP. So, so yeah, so a lot of our stuff is actually that. Um, so, obviously, any any major update and things then triggers an awful lot more problems with that if we decide we, we move to from only needing PHP 5, any version, to PHP 5.2. And of course, then got loads of people in who had PHP 5.1 and, and were baffled. Um, so if nothing like that's happened, probably sort of normal normal day, we get maybe between 10 and 20 tickets and then probably the same again and maybe a bit more in sort of forum posts, which we also deal with. Um, obviously, tickets can take several um, back and forth sort of conversations to fix. So with that, and, and you know, the big thing here is you, you're since there's only two of you, that doesn't sound like a lot of tickets, but it is because Mm. there's just two of you. Uh, How do you keep support from taking up all of your time? Because I'm sure you want to have some time to keep developing perch and (laughs) that kind of thing. Yeah. So having good systems, I think is, is really important. Um, 
Uh, we use we use HelpSpot, and um, you know we've got a lot of stuff set up in there, sort of canned responses, because a lot of the stuff, as I'm sure you know, people come and, and don't give you enough information to actually help them, mm-hmm. and especially for us because people are hosting that on their own systems, we need to know quite a bit about the environment that they're in before we can even hazard a guess as to what's going on. Uh, so you know, so we have lots of sort of canned responses like you know can you show us a diagnostics report and things like that so Mm -hmm. they don't take us a lot of time to kind of fire those back um and improving the materials around perch has been really really important uh when i started doing i started doing some videos i'm not a video person i i I like to read things and so i hadn't really thought oh people might find video useful Um, and and then we were getting an awful lot of requests about things like the blog add-on for perch which takes a bit more knowledge to get going with um Mm -hmm. than than basic perch itself and you know we're spending an awful lot of time just hand-holding people through the process of setting up things like blog so i did these videos and those support requests just went away you know just vanished we never get them anymore (laughs) and it's a miraculous day Yes. Yeah. I mean, so I was amazed at the difference that providing those video walkthroughs made. Uh, and so we do quite a lot of that. Um, and, and we redid them all recently to make sure they were bang up to date and things. Um, so that sort of stuff, actually making sure that there's really good materials. So even if someone does come into support because they've not found them or they've not looked for them, um, we can very quickly say, oh, have you looked at this video? And often then they're off and, and they go and do that and we don't see them again in support. Now, one of the big things you talk about is, is along these kind of same lines as having the, the good uh, support docs and that kind of thing is designing support requests out of your product, right? So mm-hmm. trying to eliminate, the, eliminate those inside the product where the customer doesn't have to go looking for a support doc or a support email or anything like that. So mm-hmm. when you talk about designing support requests out of your product, can you give me some examples of what you mean and, and kind of how you do that with Perch? Yeah, so... I kind of think that obviously the best thing is if people never need to talk to us. I, w- I would much rather that people download the software, install it, and off they go, and they never need to come and talk to us. That would be great. It's great for them because they're getting a good experience with the product, and it's great for us because we're not spending our time supporting people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's things that I, th- I think what people often do is they'll have something that comes in to support a lot, and so they'll put it into an FAQ. Um, but that still doesn't really solve the problem because people still have to look for the FAQ or they need to come into support and you tell them. So instead, we try and find things we're getting a lot of support requests for and change them. So my usual example is uh, in the login screen to log into the Perch admin. The first time someone's installed it, they go to login. If they haven't set up their domain in their Perch account to say this is the domain this install of Perch is tied to, Mm -hmm. they won't be able to log in because that's where we do the kind of call home to check the licensing. And we used to have this vague message, you know, your license key isn't valid for this domain. And what that would cause people to do is to come into support and say, I'm getting this message. And then we'd say, oh, you need to go to your account and type, you know, put in this domain. And, and um, So we changed that in the software. And now we basically tell them when they get that message, it says you need to log into your account. And you need to add the domain that they're currently on into their account. And so we never, ever see that support request again. Um, and it also means that people aren't waiting for us to get back to them to tell them something which they could solve themselves. So I think it's... It's that it's it. We we kind of say we've got this no FAQ policy. Like we don't want to have frequently asked questions. We want to try and solve those where possible. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, when I go and purchase a product, I don't want to have to 
especially if I'm setting it up, I don't want to have to go in and kind of figure out and dig through forums or dig through mm. FAQs because it's just a waste of time. And, you know, it's like I'm paying more just to get started with this product. Yeah. And it's, that's it. it's that first run thing, which especially when it's self-hosted, you know, when you are, mm. you know, software as a service, you've got an awful lot more control over what happens the first time someone uses your product. Mm-hmm. Whereas we've got no control because they might, you know, have never installed a local development environment before. So that the first thing they're really having to do, you know, is set up MAMP or, or one of these things and, and, you know, and get started that way. There's a huge amount of, of stuff that we have no control over when people first use our product. Um, and so the things that we can control, the stuff that we can try and help them with, you know, we try and do that as much as possible. If Map Pro just worked whenever I set it up the first time, that would have been the most amazing experience ever. <laughs> because, yeah. it, like you mentioned, it's one of those where, and not to like bash on them or anything, it's a, it's a good product that does what I needed it to do, but setting it up was a nightmare. Mm. And you and get yeah. lost and confused in it. Yeah, and there's just so much stuff that I think, you know, a lot of people who are, they're really web designers, you know, these days you don't have to know an awful lot about how web servers work in order mm-hmm. to design for the web you know when i started if you wanted to do you know perl or whatever you had to you know compile apache as you start you know (laughs) so the amount of knowledge you had just to get started with this stuff you know was already an awful lot higher um you know these days if you say you you know you might have used say wordpress.com and you've never touched all that stuff you don't have any way to understand it and so we get a lot of stuff where people are just confused really as to you know what's the web server what's php doing you know is php Mm -hmm. actually affecting my css or you know because they don't know they haven't got really any any grounds to understand what bit does what um and they're just learning all these new terms like php mm. and css so yeah yeah it's it's really difficult even for people who are you know very experienced professional web designers these days don't necessarily know anything about the server side um because you know really why should they Um, right you know, it's it's different world. So we're trying to make that as easy as possible for people while still allowing people to have control of their own content and host their own content and, and things, which I think is quite important. So when a customer does go and install Perch and if they run into a problem that isn't, that hasn't been designed out of the app mm-hmm. um, and they, you know, now they've got to reach out and, and contact you in some way. So uh, what support channels have you tried with Perch? Which ones worked the best? Which ones were your favorite and, and maybe the not so favorite ones? Yeah, so, so now we use HelpSpot and we use um, the forums and the sort of ticketing system. Uh, what we try to do is guide people who've got implementation questions. So things that aren't really to do with Perch, they're more to do with how to build their website. And they can be a whole combination of things that they need help with there. Um, we try to put the, get those into the forum because we find that people search the forums looking for advice and, you know, whether a problem's been solved before. Um, and also our perchers have started to sort of help each other out a bit, particularly with the things that aren't really to do with perch. So someone will say, oh, you know, I'm wanting a, a jQuery gallery that works really well with perch. And, you know, so then someone else will say, oh, I've used this one. And we find that the customers tend to chat about the sort of peripheral stuff. Um, and, and obviously we blast through there and answer things as well. Um, but the tickets we try and keep, you know, try and encourage people to use those for things where they might want to post some private information or, you know, where we need to give them a lot of help. Um, right. 
So that works quite well. Um, you know, most of our customers will quite happily post to the forum um, and because and, they see that we help them there as well. And it's not just a case of that's for the community to help with, that, that we do that too. Um, we did use um, Tender to start with, um, but that didn't really have that split between public and private stuff, which I think people like. Um, and we do use Twitter quite a lot, but not really for support. Uh, it's mostly because the sort of support we have to give tends to involve a lot of code, and you can't do that mm. on Twitter. So, <laughs> so not easily. <laughs> no. So uh, what we tend to do is someone will they'll actually, you know, they'll contact us on Twitter and they'll, they'll say, I'm having a problem with this. And if it is just a case, we can send them back a link to a, something in the documentation, then great. And then we'll usually say, you know, if you need to know more, you know, post the forum or if it's if they're obviously having an issue with the, with some sort of maybe a bug or they're going to need to you know tell us quite a lot of information we'll tell them to raise a ticket so we sort of use twitter more as to sort of cap, catch that stuff and direct them to a good place now with a forum uh, you know i've always had mixed results using mm. customer forums it's it's one of those things that's just when done right they it's like this nice utopia but then it can <laughs> quickly fall apart if not uh, done right or managed right or whatever you want to call it right so with the having that public forum it's it's really interesting to me do you find that customers are helping themselves i mean uh, helping other customers a lot or is it mostly you and drew kind of uh like you mentioned blasting through there and answering some questions yeah so it's mostly us i think the nice thing about having the forum is that people can see that we're helpful uh, mm -hmm. you know so if someone is thinking of using perch and they're like well what's the support like you know, they can see myself and Drew in there answering people's questions and answering questions that really aren't a lot to do with the product. You know, we're just sort of helping people out generally. So that's good. And as I say, the, the customers do talk to each other and it tends to, as I say, it tends to be on the peripheral things, um, you know, because we've got a lot of people who have been using Perch now for since we started and they're actually very experienced and, and in some ways they know more about the kind of sites that other Perchers are building than we do. Mm -hmm you know, because they're actually out there doing client right. projects. And so and so we do get people giving people advice, and that's really nice when it happens. I don't think you can rely on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously you need a critical mass for it to work at all. You know, you need enough people. Uh, but it's nice when it happens, and, we, you know, we try and encourage it. Um, it's things like, you know, people want advice on a good host to use. So, you know, people will always jump in and say, oh, I use this host and I'm really happy with them or stay away from this one. <laughs> um, and it's the sort of stuff that we don't really want to get involved. We don't want to be advising people use this host or that host because then if it goes wrong, if they have a bad experience, they come back to us and complain. Right. Uh, whereas if the customers want to kind of share around the information that, uh, you know, how well they've done with different hosts, then that's great. Uh, so it's, it's that sort of stuff. I don't think you can rely on it. Um, I like that in, in HealthSpot, we've been able to set up um, stuff so that Drew and I come up looking slightly different to a customer responding. So people are aware if they're getting an official response or if they're getting just anybody making a comment. I think that can be a problem with forums is people can perhaps give wrong advice, you know, if they're helping each other. And then, and then the person who's been helped isn't sure if that was an official response or just somebody else, or, you know. So I think that can be a bit of a problem. That's interesting. So how, can you kind of talk about details there? How do you differentiate between you and Drew responding from just a regular, not just um, a regular customer, but a, another customer responding? Yeah, I, we, we just say use, because HealthSpot's pretty, you can template it. You can uh -huh. really mess around with it as much as you like. So we, we just uh, stick some information into into the markup so we can pick that up with CSS and, and highlight us differently. Um, oh, nice. So. 
that's a nice thing with it's a nice thing with because Helpspot is something you host yourself. It's uh, mm. so and you can fiddle around with the templates and um, sort of a, over our time of using it, we've sort of fiddled around with it more and more. You know, to make make little tweaks and just try and make things a bit easier for for people to use. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, it's the nice thing about using a, a self-hosted system, I guess, rather than the one of the software as a service type things. You can do a bit more configuration. Yeah, I was I was looking through a forum the other day because that was the only avenue of support that they had, and mm-hmm. I could never tell if it was like an official response. Like I finally mm-hmm. figured out there was this little uh, title underneath the picture of the person commenting that said moderator or team member or whatever it was um but outside of that like everything looked the same so you never know if this is a good answer if there's a better answer or or how that was going to play out yeah i think that that is a bit of a concern with with the sort of forums because people do want to know that they're you know if someone's saying oh i don't think you can you you know you can't do that right now or whatever well is that actually you know if if drew i say that well we wrote it so we know if you can do something or not you know (laughs) but but another customer might not know that um in fact the things that people miss in your software is amazing you know quite we quite often get uh you know feature requests for things that are there we're like why don't people notice this stuff you know (laughs) oh no i you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, I didn't want to keep this interview too long, but I do want to kind of talk about one other thing that, um, you know, I've seen you mention before, and that's um, making sure to focus and, and collect data on on the support that you do now, because that's going to help you plan for growth. So mm-hmm. when it comes to, to Perch, what kind of data are you considering when you're planning for this growing customer base, as far as the support side anyways? Yeah, so another thing that HealthSpot does is it lets us... it you know, it tracks the number of tickets that we're getting and how quickly we're answering them and things. So that's really quite useful, even though it's just Drew and I. Um, you know, sometimes you feel like you've done support all day, but it's just that you've had one or two very complex things you've dealt with, you know, and mm-hmm. it's quite useful seeing. Um, we've managed to keep actually the number of requests pretty much constant, despite the fact that our license sales have, have increased massively over the last year. Uh, and that's, you know, through sort of doing good support materials and trying to design things out of the product. Um, so really, it's just keeping a track on, you know, what the kind of ratio is um, in terms of the, the number of requests we're getting and, and the number of license sales. Um, the other thing that's quite interesting is where customers are coming from, because obviously we're in the UK. Mm-hmm. So despite that, I'm quite happy to be answering support requests at 10 o'clock at night. That's fine. But there is a period of time when we're asleep and that means that people really on the west coast of the states and in australia are our hardest time zone to deal with because that's really at that time when we're not working at all so i i'm sort of keeping an eye on that because i think actually our first support need in terms of hiring other people will be to bring people in who can cover those time zones Mm -hmm. because i feel that they get a sort of lesser service because during the day you know we'll answer things I mean, you know, we, we answer things within sort of 10 minutes usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but once, we're, you know, once it's sort of overnight, then those people tend to have to wait till the next morning. And then if it's one of these where you say, well, I need this information, then that kind of waits for another day and they get back to it so that they can end up with a much longer cycle than everybody else. What would have been like a day in the UK stretches out to four or five just because they happen to live yeah. in a place that you're sleeping while they're up. Yeah, so that's that's really difficult. It's it's not as much of a problem because, you know, we we do being a husband and wife team, you know, it's not a problem that 
you know, we're answering support requests late at night or from the pub or, you know, <laughs> wherever, you know. It, you know, it, it's not a problem with our family life because this is what we do. It, it's fine. But, you know, I, I think that would be really nice. And that's something I'm keeping an eye on because I think once we get enough of that happening, it'll be worth us trying to maybe find people who can at least do that frontline support, you know, mm. getting enough information so that when I get up in the morning, I can solve the problem. Um and then it's done for them. So so that's probably where we're going. And that's the thing I'm keeping the biggest eye on at the moment is is where people are. Awesome. So, uh, you know, the final question is, is one that I tend to ask a lot of people just because I like hearing the stories and, and putting us on the other side. So <laughs> tell me about the, uh, the best customer service, the best customer support you've gotten. And the kicker is always that it's where you're the customer. So you're receiving that support. Mm. Yeah, so... I've got quite a good one for this. My my daughter, I got my daughter who is, is 16 now. I got her um, a Fitbit uh, as a present for Christmas or something. And uh, she promptly lost the thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> she, she's 16. Yeah. So she took it to school or something and left it on a window ledge. Or, I don't know. So anyway, so she'd lost it. And I was like, well. So on the Fitbit website, it had some information about what to do if you'd lost your Fitbit. And it was things like, you know, because it's tied to your iPhone. So if you walk around, you can find out if it's calling home and, and things. So she tried all of that. And then, you know, she got in touch with Fitbit and just said, oh, you know, I'm an idiot. I've gone and lost it sort of thing. <laughs> and they sent her a new one. They just sent a brand new one. They sent her a new one. She'd lost it. It wasn't like it had broken or malfunctioned or anything else. Um, they just sent, they sent out a new one, which I thought was just so lovely and I, i've since realized this isn't you know this isn't an isolated incident they they do this um and the thing is that there's no way i would go to a different company now there's lots of people offering these kind of trackers and things like that but that kind of experience that sort of support where they just said you know no questions asked they just says all right we'll replace it for you <laughs> that is awesome yeah i mean i was absolutely amazed i thought I thought, well, it's probably worth, you know, worth contacting them because it might be that they'll, you know, give her a discount code or whatever to get one mm-hmm. slightly cheaper. But for them just to replace it, um, you know, I thought that was that was just fantastic. And, you know, the the sort of the feeling I have about that company is, <laughs> uh, you know, it's amazing. Wow. You know, fancy doing that. That was such the, a nice thing. It's the warm and fuzzy feelings now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think this so many markets are really crowded, you know. I mean, that, the, the, the sort of data tracking stuff, there's masses of these things. I mean, just the same as in, in my market, you know, there's loads of CMSs. Um, I, I know I've always said that, that support and doing, just going the extra mile really makes a huge difference. Um, and I think, you know, it's that sort, of, that sort of story really shows that really. Well, awesome. Rachel, it's been great. Thanks for being on the show. That's great. Great to talk to you. That means episode number 24 is in the books now. You can find Rachel online. Her website is rachelandrew.co.uk. Show notes are up at supportops.co forward slash podcast. And if you like the podcast, do me a favor. Go open up that iTunes copy. Give us a rating there. Just search for support ops in the uh, iTunes search bar. Or you can click on the uh, iTunes link right here and the show notes at supportops.co forward slash podcast. Thanks again for listening. I'm Chase. And until we talk again, have an awesome week.